out of your fans' hands and burned it in front of their faces with that piece of shit known as Tim. I want to I I be hyped. Burn! How are you doing? And Tim and Steve are sucking it out of me. If you don't want to buy it because there's women in the game or on the cover, you can suck it. Clean your ass up. Scrub your ass. Put on deodorant. Do not put on Axe body spray. Uh, South Park's fractured the whole. Uh, <laughs> Wait a second, we gotta we gotta enjoy that title first. It's so good in the end. Your accent, <laughs> fractured but whole. Fractured but whole. Uh, I, I don't sound like that. Who the fuck is Master Chief? <laughs> what's happened? Third party money has nice. happened. I don't give a shit. This is a pretty good podcast. I'd say um, three out of five. Kill Tacular. Yeah, that was on Xbox, and the only way as a PlayStation fan that you can be happy about that is is because you're happy that Xbox fans don't get to play it. I finally finished uh, Ori, which uh, took me 36 hours, 1338 <laughs> <laughs> Like, Forza doesn't, they don't program in 0 to 60 numbers. They don't program in how tight a car can turn, how much uh, traction a car has. They don't do any of that. But what they do is they put these statistics into their physics engine and they let their physics engine work it out for itself. You know how many times I've argued with people and they're like, Persona 5! It's gonna, it's gonna, it's like, it's the same shit all the time. It's like, I, I don't know, they have, you they came have to reality and you were like, take me out! You know, <laughs> exactly. They, you know, Sony's gonna have more delays. It's just, it's a pattern all gen. I played Minecraft Story Mode, and if you don't like it, then fuck you. Right into the show at letters at xboxuncut.com. And now, your host, Dustin. Welcome to Xbox Uncut's weekly podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. I'm here to bring you a crazy week. Well, crazy news of this week about this week in gaming. I am with the wonderful Jason. Welcome to the show, Jason. Dustin, you're a little high, aren't you? A little bust. A little bust. Not the weed kind of buzz, though. The house kind of buzz. No, no. I, I, I took... So I had... Uh, Fuck, what did I do? I had my wisdom teeth taken out. And uh, I, uh, I ended up taking some Vicodin. And people let me down. People let me down. I'm the only person that actually showed up for this show, other than my good old friend Steve Rules from SteveRules.com. Thank you for having me on, Dustin. Yeah. Hello, Jason, yeah, Jason as well. Hello. Steve, thank you for Steve. coming on. No thank problem. You. Thank you for coming on. I count on you, Steve. Because even Steve was like, I'm not sure I can make it. Like on a Sunday. Because, you know, Steve's a busy man. And uh, you know who, who makes it? Steve. Steve Rules from SteveRules.com. I do, I do my best. You know, I can't, can't let the fans down. Can't let you guys down. Well, I never let them down because I'm high. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, where are we? Let's see. Do you need yeah, I got the. Ch I always want the Twitch chat up. I'm trying to trying to watch. Uh, do you? But do you, we're, yeah, we, do you need someone else what? to host us? No, I can host. I can do this. <laughs> I, have, I have a good feeling. I can't wait to read uh, fan letters because that should be a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, we're here for another crazy week of gaming news. No, no Tim, no Vern. I wanted to. This is a smaller group. A more. Uh, you know, you only need three three key corners like this this is the center stone of xbox uncut uh, and you know what i could fake it and say we have a fourth person called eric and just you know have his name up there it's about the same it's about the same it feels about the same but, yeah 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 just not a lot of talking but thanks for uh, everybody for tuning in this week especially everybody live because i know this is a crazy day we're doing it on sunday so you know we weren't able to get here on last Thursday, I was actually getting my wisdom taken out. The or not my wisdom, my wisdom teeth taken out. Thursday. You got your so, wisdom taken out too. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's gone, <laughs> it's gone. But yeah, I just you know could not do the show. There was no way I was doing it. And then the guys kind of like a lot of schedule schedules didn't line up properly. So we figured we'd push it back till Sunday. And now you know Burns. Not to throw Vern under the bus. He's getting his cable worked on. Like he, his internet was all over uh, this last week. He's been getting all kinds of weird speeds. So they're, the cable guy's trying to figure that out for him so that he can be back next week on Thursday to give you an awesome show. Um, but for right now, you know, it's just the three of us, the core group. My MVP, Steve Rules. That's right. I got. That's all I need. I can make any show work with Steve. So I can just go now? Yeah, you can. All right. All I'll you see need you guys Steve. later. <laughs> but, uh, so, well, yeah, one saint also was going to be on this, uh, this podcast this weekend because we didn't have enough people, but, uh, apparently has a cold. You know, he has a cold, so, you know, man down. Man. He's uh, sick. But I got to thank one saint. He did a freaking fantastic job on our new intro music. Uh, I really like it. Uh, but. Me and Steve really like it, even though we couldn't hear. <laughs> I I actually uh, I was trying to set it up so I could listen to it, and then it literally coincided that as soon as Dustin pressed play on it, I pressed play on mine because I was having some problems from Dropbox, huh. and I listened to it at the same time, and I thought it was great. Oh, did yeah, it was awesome. Okay, so I'm not so I'm the only one that didn't hear. <laughs> yeah. But small edits need to be made. Small edits. Because I'm a perfectionist. Everyone's a critic. I'm a dick. But awesome job, one saying thank you so much for the intro music. You do it every week. Uh, I know we usually have a custom one every single week. I know one saying we're we're gonna change it up. We're gonna have more of kind of a standardized one, and he'll edit it every like other week uh, to give us something nice. Uh, my alarm's going off. Jason, go get chicken wings. Uh, yeah, the, the alarm's going off. I need to actually turn my phone off so it doesn't. Say something funny, Steve. Oh Jesus, this is this has been left to me. Oh, Jason, you still is you still here, Jason? No, he was supposed to go get chicken wings. Okay, so it's, so it's just me. Oh, and no, I'm back. Okay. I'm back, okay. Steve. I, I just had to grab my phone. It was just out of reach. Yeah, because I was all just right. like, oh no, this is all of me. I was just going to start babbling or something. Maybe I could have explained to everyone just how awful Cod Black Ops Three campaign is. Tell me how awful it is. It's 
I should start this by saying I'm not a multiplayer guy, but I do really like the campaigns. They've all been pretty good. The only one I've not played is the original. But I just finished the Black Ops 3 campaign this evening with a couple of friends of mine, and it is atrocious. It is awful. Like, oh, fuck it. It's, it's just terrible. On a level from forced to, like, Halo 5, where does it sit? Uh, I'm going to go forced. Like, I know that, I know that there's an in-between, but it, it's, yeah, it's, it's bad. It's bad. I was so disappointed. Yeah. Man, by the way, we're not Basically. COD haters in here. I mean, no, I, like... I was, well, I bought it because they said, oh, you know, it's going to be 15 hours or something. And whilst, you know, there's always a bit of exaggeration. I was like, you know what, if they, you know, they're going to do that, they're going to put in co-op, you know, I, I can dig it. You know, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get some of that. And I played it with a couple of friends of mine and said, a couple of great guys, they carried me. A lot more than I'm prepared to admit on this podcast, but <laughs> Jesus, it was it was bad. It, at the end, we were just like, "Why the fuck has this not just ended yet?" Oh God, I, I'm disappointed. So sixty dollars down the drain. Yeah, so I'm going to sell it tomorrow. So oh, that's good. Yeah, so it's not so bad. <laughs> No Halo 5, put it that way. No Halo 5? No Halo 5. So a bit better than Halo 5? No. <laughs> <laughs> and people hate that Halo 5 campaign. They really do. See what, look, if you, if you don't like the Halo 5 campaign, my advice is that you go and play this campaign, and then, you, and then you're going to feel wildly different afterwards. <laughs> well, you heard it here. What next? All right. Dustin, host, 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 host. I'm supposed to be hosting. Yes, um, yes, yes. You are. <laughs> supposed to be hosting something. Well, I need to ask Steve. How are you doing this week, Steve? Uh, I'm good. Apart from the disappointment of Black Ops, you know, I'm quite excited. There's Tomb Raider. This is coming out on Friday for you know Tier Two peasants. I've made a lot of progress with Divinity, so I'm you know I'm doing all right. How how are you doing, Dustin? Pretty shitty, oh. but hi. Hi, well, as in hello, or hi, hi. No, no, hi. All right. This uh, this Vicodin is like pretty good right now. Like I, I've been, I was in pain all day. Like the Vicodin wasn't helping, so I might have took one extra pill. And now I'm feeling, feeling pretty good. Took a pretty good. Took a house dose. Yeah. My dog's looking at me like I'm crazy. You are crazy. That's true. Well, let's just get right into letters, people. We've had a ton of letters. We kind of, because we haven't had a show in a couple of days, so let's. We delayed the podcast, right and people were like, letters time. <laughs> people need to know. Otis, what are you doing? Stop scratching at the door. This bad dog. So, first person writing, William says. Hey guys, I've been thinking about Microsoft Home Studios, and I'm curious to hear your takes on these. One, the complaint of Microsoft having franchise features, 343 Industries, The Coalition, Turn 10, and the lesser extent, Lionhead, seems to turn up often, but most don't seem to understand that they've specifically built to handle their biggest IPs in the wake of not having some of their originator studios. 
Do you think this approach will ultimately work long term, or will studios burn out, become a potential problem? Two, do you think Microsoft will put more effort into cultivating their own own studios, like Lionhead, Rare, Decisive, Press Play, Mojang, and Team Dakota, to produce more games this generation? I tend to wonder why they haven't had Team Dakota develop their highly requested Rare franchises like Conquer and Banjo-Kazooie, even their, their expensive, or no, I'm sorry, their experience with Conquer's big reunion and big budgets not being necessary to reproduce them or produce them. Big Park used to be, oh, this is number three. Big Park used to develop Connect games for the 360, mostly Connect related, but are now relegated to doing apps. So why do you think Microsoft took this route with their studios rather than transitioning them into developing Xbox One games? Would Don Matrick co-founding have anything to do with it, or was it simply a case of downsizing and making do? For Lift London seemed like a prospective developer just based on their art de department and website, but their website, but with their unfortunate implosion and merger with Soho Productions, does this studio still have a future in Microsoft's game division? Thanks, Will. And I'm just gonna like pretty much take one big step back and say, Steve, Steve. Okay. This is all you, buddy. Okay, right. <laughs> We're going to have to go through them again because there was a lot there, but I did like it. So, what's, okay, what's so the first the one? First one uh, the first one was asking, do you think that having places like 343, Turn 10, and The Coalition, like these studios that like specifically work on a game franchise, is that the future or is they just going to burn out like right off the bat? I don't have a problem with... 343 because they were very built for that very specific purpose halo is their biggest thing you know there's lots of transmedia stuff and you've got to keep everyone in line what i'm not too happy about the fact that as it stands the coalition have been turned into it i don't think it's a very good idea for microsoft as much as they need gears i think that you know vancouver's not in redmond it's you know a hotbed for developers they should make gears and then they should make the studio bigger and make to have them make something else as well um I think the the problem is is that Microsoft have, have relied on these big franchises for a long time as any does. It's not so much a problem with that, but I feel like they don't really have. Well, can I add one yeah. thing real quick yeah. to what you're saying, and then you could tell because we've talked about this before. Uh, Microsoft has been in kind of a unique position where, like Gears, has always sold very extremely well. Halo's always sold extremely well, like beyond expectations well. And they're kind of, like, this is, starting in 360, this has been, like, the first couple generations where a studio could lean on a single game and not have to produce sequel after sequel. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, and, like like you said, 343 was designed for Halo. Uh, but I think even 343, you'll always have a Halo in development, but having the studio big enough where, as long as they're, like Halo needs to be every three years to make a full line Halo game, but if the studio could also be like every other year, like working on just something new and different, but you're still getting that core Halo game, and I hope that's what happens to the Coalition, and even to a lesser extent to Turn Ten. I'd like to see them. I wish I kind of wish hope Forza goes to a three-year cycle, and we see them like do other side projects, you know, to add to it. 
I, yeah, I think the problem that Microsoft, uh, and it's not certainly a problem that they've had, it's a problem that I think they are starting to develop, possibly because of the position that the Xbox One is in. It's just it's not that they don't have these big franchises, not that they're not desirable, but there are a lot of these games. And whilst there's two Forza franchises, Forza is every year, you know, and the Halo usually has a product of some sort out every year, even if it's ports or new games. And I think that they are getting to the point where, like, we've already seen, like, the UK sales of Halo way down. And that could be down to a bunch of different things. And the game is great. And it could be more due to MC uh, Master Chief Collection than anything else. But I just think Microsoft need to be in a position where they can kind of try and, and do new things and or space these games out a bit more. Like, I mean, Forza didn't seem like, as much as it did when in Europe, again, it's US reception didn't seem like it was that great. And I just wonder if, you know, perhaps the fact that they're too reliant on these franchises. I think it's because Forza's every other year. I think it should be every three years. I really I do. think because and the other thing I think that I think they need to bring like PGR back or something. They, I think they need to do something because I, I think that you're getting to the stage where people were seeing a Forza every year. Not not the same Forza, but a Forza. And I think it's mm. getting to, I think they are gonna reach a point where it's just like uh, it's, you know, it's just more you know like they they're two the three year cycle would probably be good because it, two years I'm not entirely sure at this point, having had so many is necessarily enough for them to keep being so desirable in the marketplace. As much as like Forza Five, uh, Forza Six was a big upgrade on Forza Five, and Halo Five was a big upgrade on on Halo Four. Like I think they're going to reach that point pretty soon, where yeah. they're not the big jaws that they used to be. Whereas I think Gears, on the other hand, you could say that that was somewhat similar, but there was two and a half years between Judgment and an Ultimate Edition. And, you know, then there was another year. So I think, and, you know, there has been a big gap. And old, and Judgment didn't sell like Gears 3 did. So you could even talk, if you wanted to, about the big gap between Gears 3 and Ultimate Edition and Gears 4. Yeah. But I think it's just about, it's about keeping things fresh. And I, I don't really, I don't agree with what they're doing with Fable, for example. Because I, I don't think that that franchise is going to keep thriving, keep surviving. I mean, Lionhead were on a new IP, whether or not they still are, you know, until they talk about it again we're not going to know but i think they've got to they've got to refresh things but I, I don't have a problem with the one franchise studio specifically but i do think that they need to be a bit more flexible to make sure that you know they don't grind grind them down completely no but like a like hey 343 is a one franchise studio that releases a game every three years hmm. and i think that works yeah i just i think if you're going to have if you're going to have a one franchise or like a, let's say a franchise centric, I don't want to say a one franchise. I don't think one franchise uh, studios work out greatly. I mean, three, four, three is kind of a unique case, but I, th because it's halo and it's a unique game. It's the exception to the rule. Mm. Like you, I think you can have a studio that does, Hey, you know, we're going to make gears, but you know, let them build side projects. Mm. Because look at what happened to Rare. Like they was like, "Oh, you're gonna do Connect stuff, and you're gonna enjoy it," and it just burnt the fuck out because they were just doing kind of BS games, you know. Even though uh, what is it, Connect Sports was a lot of fun, mm. it just it didn't work out. They need to. You always need to have like two teams, like just maybe have a smaller team that's just working on something different, and that way, if your game doesn't do well, 
you can always go, oh, we're trying other things. We're not just the Connect Studio, you know. Yeah. But you've got to bounce around. The just the other thing as well, but like I've seen a lot of articles recently talking about how three four three should go make a new IP now or something. But I don't think that's feasible because that team is big enough to make one game. So what people are suggesting is, is that basically we should be six years out for the next Halo. Whereas, and I, and the other thing is, is that because three four three are so integrated into Redmond you know, the sort of head office, I don't really think that those people who are specifically making a new IP is particularly any different to just building a new team. Because, you know, you just, you can't leave Halo without a developer. But as with someone like the Coalition, who were originally built to make new IP, I think if you were to look at the fact that it's a different source of sort of talent, a different talent pool, building them up to be bigger would be a bit of a different proposition to someone like, even like 343 or, or Turn 10, because they're all at Redmond. Yeah, uh, you know. So, All right, well, the next question was: no, Do you I think Microsoft even, will wait, put hold more? On. Oh. I didn't even get to talk. God damn it! I was waiting on a chance. Okay, for one, I think Fable Legends is a perfect example of why they do lean on these franchises, because Fable Legends shows that if they try to do something new, all people will do is bitch about how it's not Fable, and that's what people have done. They try, they're trying to do something new with Fable. They're trying to do something interesting with the franchise. They think it's interesting, at least. And all people have done is bits about how this isn't just Fable. And if they were to make a new Fable, all people would have done is bits about how they didn't do something other than Fable. You know, it's just... It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, and as far as, like... No, but I think I think Fable Legends should have just been called something other than Fable. Maybe, but it. it, it but, I, but the thing I, is, is not calling it Fable. Calling it Fable allows it to. It it allows it to have. Uh, for one, it allows it to have a universe, and two, it allows it to have something to step on. To have like this is a Fable game. Like people recognize no, Fable. I think the problem. Like I don't have a problem with spin-offs. Like I think that's perfectly fine. I th- the problem is, is that. You look at what they could have done with a spin-off, and it's a 4v1 multiplayer game. Like, I don't... The problem with, I think... And also the fact that Fable Legends came after Fable the Journey, which also sold, in, as far as I can tell, incredibly poorly. Like, I just think that it's... And it's been five years now since Fable 3. And for a lot of people who, you know, because of how it sold, weren't particularly interested in Journey, and now and now Legends, I just think that's a long time for a franchise to be in that kind of space I, I just think that the what fable legends is for me personally is just not very interesting like if they had done something they could have done they could have done plenty of other uh, spin-off things that i think would have appealed to people a lot more than what fable legends is is what i'm trying to say and it doesn't uh, have to be an we, rpg before we go down this hole anymore because we're gonna I, I kind of want to ask the questions again so y'all can give your answers instead of us like kind of covering everything just in one spout so the next part of it was, do you think Microsoft will put more effort into cultivating their own other studios, like Lionhead, Frere, Decisive, Pressplay, Mojang, and Team Dakota, to produce more games this generation? I tend to wonder why they haven't had Team Dakota develop the highly requested Rare franchises like Conquer and Banjo-Kazooie, given their experience with Conquer's big reunion and big budgets not necessary to produce them. I think you already see Mojang is already working on other something other than uh, Minecraft. So 
I don't, I wouldn't be surprised. It, it, I mean, of course, they're going to have studios working on new IPs, different things, and, you know, flipping things around. Uh, and with what we're seeing next year, uh, it looks like we're going to have a ton of new IPs to, that are coming out for us to play from their studios, their first party. Uh, but we've also, not to jump into news, but like we've seen, we've had the pretty much the confirmation that Alan Wake 2 is going to be, it's, I don't know if it's an active development, but we will get it, like, eventually. Yeah, I, I, I suppose, I mean, Team Dakota were at one point hiring for an incubation team. So, it seemed like there was definitely some consideration for sort of moving on to something else. And obviously, I don't think that game... So product has been a huge success given the big changes that they made earlier in October. Um, I mean, Mojang have always had sort of pet projects. I mean, they had Scrolls, but that wasn't particularly successful. Shot got shut down, but they've got um, uh, Cobalt with uh, Oxy Studios, which has just been delayed till February. So I think they'll always have. I think because Mojang are a bit small and they, you know, they don't develop the, the console content. Um, you know, they'll always look at sort of lots of little things. They're, it looks like they're developing specifically for the Windows ecosystem instead of the Xbox. I know yeah. it sounds weird saying that, but like they're more of a broad developer. Yeah. Like they'll, yeah, they're more focused. And you on also got to remember that just because you don't know they're working on something doesn't mean they're not. And a lot of these teams oh. have a lot of concepts and everything they take to Microsoft and so on and so forth. They just never and just like we haven't talked about Undead Labs in forever, but Undead Labs is working on the next, uh, um, what do you call it? Dead State? The or they're you know they're not just because we don't hear about them doesn't mean it's not, nothing's going on. Um, and as far as these, it, it, yes, it, a lot of it does have to do with budget. You know, they only have so much budget to work with. Microsoft's not going to give them an endless amount to work on IPs, so. But I do think that there's, I mean, you know, if you look at, like, the fact that, you know, the studios would keep getting new investment, so once Fable Legends is done, you know, they're obviously going to get the investment to make another AAA product, and same with all of them. So I don't think there's, you know, much in the way of, budgetary concerns is just ultimately I suppose what the studios and the management decide that they where they want to push them but I, I do think that I, do, I think that the one thing that they didn't do what they should have done at the end of the 360 generation was build big new core sort of core IPs I mean Alan Wake didn't get a sequel which and obviously we talked about earlier we'll talk about that later but that wasn't something they did then to build it up and obviously state of decay sold two million they're working on the next one but i think there was a big missed opportunity there and now they're in a position where they need to make new ips because they need to make new ips because they need Not to really i mean do they really need to i mean they're still i, I think they if we just yes we just had the revenue thing come out and microsoft is still on top above even though they have half the uh even though they have half the actual um po or market share of the PS4 they're still well above the PS4 when it comes to revenue for games like they're selling their IPs are selling way more than Sony IPs are easy but but I don't see that continuing in perpetuity or the while Sony are making uh, new IPs I mean you know they've talked about Bloodborne selling 2 million 
Um, obviously, you know, until dawn, bested their expectations. Whereas, you know, there's no Rise sequel, there's no Sunset Overdrive sequel, and they for different reasons. Well, but, they don't own those IPs. Yeah, but they still could have made sequels with the studios. I assume that they probably wouldn't have been against that. But I think that making new IPs and building those new IPs is exactly what they need to do. Because if they don't, then they're going to come to a stage where, you know, as I said, people do get burnt out on Halo and Forza. And it's going to happen with every big franchise. You know, sooner or later as the industry keeps going. And then they need to make sure that there's something else with it. And also something else that will appeal to new gamers as well. And that's the other thing, is that, you know, there are some people that aren't specifically perhaps too interested in Gears and uh, and Forza and, and and Fable, in which case you need to make sure that you've got a broad range of IPs that you keep building to appeal to a bunch of different people. And that certainly helps Sony at the end of the, the end of the last generation. Not really. I mean, look, they... Sony has always taken the let's throw, it, throw everything at the wall and see what sticks approach. And you look at Killzone, you look at Hayes, you look at Lair, you look at all these new IPs they started last generation. Even IPs they started this generation. And none of them have really been a huge success. I mean, Bloodborne well, Killzone, well. Killzone's had six games. It couldn't have done that badly. Yeah, but it it's not Halo. It hasn't become a halo by any means. That doesn't mean it still didn't make the money, and it didn't, well, and it didn't not, uh, it's, it's get not people. The money Halo does. That's the thing. You got to just. I'm saying throwing stuff at the wall approach is fine, but saying that you should stop making Halo to do a throw at the wall approach is not going to work. It's you got to think. Yeah, but this... nobody said that you should stop making Halo. I'm saying that they should make things alongside Halo. Because having uh, having sort of five big IPs, Halo, Fable, Forza, Gears, and Minecraft, doesn't really sound as good as if Microsoft had say ten big franchises. And I think that's what they that's what they need to do because those ten will appeal presumably to much more than just those those sort of other five, all of which have had at least three mainline games. You know. You have to you have to keep appealing to new people, and that's what I think Sony have done well. And I do think that Sony have a lot of diversity. Not to say Microsoft don't, but I think Sony have a lot of diversity, and that certainly did well for them in the latter years of the PS3, considering how much they caught up from the position that they were in. And they've no. got you know new franchises that are selling big. You know they no, made not some. Really, look, two million for Bloodborne's good, but it's not. Let's be real here. Two no, million wait, wait a second. I bet Phil Spencer Same. would bite your hand off for something to do two million. Yeah. Oh, come on. They all the. Uh, come on, dude. A, a new Smith IP. Done... Doing... No, but I'm Halo talking. About, I'm, I'm talking about a new IP. If you said to him, "Quantum Break, two million," he'd bite your hand off for it. Recall, scale bound. has done over two million in sales. Guarantee it. No problem. Well, that's it's hard to track. I guarantee, I'll guarantee you, Quantum Break will do over two million. I guarantee Skillbound will do over two million. I guarantee Tomb Raider will do over two million. All right. And, well, anyway, we're gonna move on because there's more parts to this question. We got more letters to read, uh, and y'all could go back and forth all day. So, Big Park used to develop Connect games for the 360, but are now relegated to doing apps. So, why do you think Microsoft took this route with their studio rather than transitioning them into developing Xbox One games? Would Don Matrix co-founding have anything to do with it, or was it simply a case of downsizing and making do? 
Uh, I don't think it was a simple case of downsizing or downmetric. I think at the end of the day, when you look, no matter what, and no matter what all the video game hardcore retarded people like, oh, I'm a games and nothing else. Apps sell consoles at the end of the day. It's a big part of the ecosystem. Sony puts money into making apps. Microsoft does. They all do. You have to. Uh, we've seen on every store, video games are very important. They should be your main focus, but you need to have a good app library to keep up. And if right now, with uh, how Windows 10 is shaping up on Xbox One, we should have a very good app library going forward in the coming years on the Xbox One, and it should help drive console sales because you're going to have so many options. Uh, but I don't think they did it specifically because they were worried about like making do on a budget, you know, budget-wise. I think it was more to do with we need a team that's going to specifically work on apps and actually make sure we're competitive in that space. Well, the hardcore community how, how do you... doesn't like to talk about apps because apps aren't games and we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't, people used to be a gamer. You don't play or buy your console to watch Netflix. But the truth is, tons of people on the 360, watch Netflix on their Xbox. No, on, on the 360, 60% of people were watching Netflix, while only 40% were playing games by the end of the generation. It's clearly very important it, to to people. It, I mean, it, it is very important. I as far as I can remember, the rumors were that they were making a MOBA, and I, I don't think Don Matrick leaving had anything to do with it because they stopped making games whilst he was still there. As far as I can remember, they were making a MOBA, it got cancelled, and when they were staffing up Black Tusk at the time, they were making the new IP. They moved offices so that they're in the same building, and uh, some people, I don't know how many, moved from uh, Big Park to black task now the coalition i think it, it was perhaps it was just the fact that you know what they were making wasn't i don't know perhaps something that they were perhaps they didn't feel like it was going anywhere or something or you know it didn't meet the quality they wanted or something and it you know and they started making their um uh football nfl apps so perhaps you know this this you know it was sort of that or shut them down and get someone else to do it perhaps so I don't. I think if anything, Don Matrick was probably complicit in the decision of what happened. I mean, you know, it's always a shame, but I, I, I don't think they're very big anymore. I mean, they don't even have a website anymore either. So I think it's just sort of one of those things. Uh, let's go to the next question. Sorry, I Lyft to... London seemed like a prospective developer just based on their art department and website, but their, with their unfortunate implosion and merger with Soho Productions, does the studio have a future in Microsoft's game division? Steve? Uh, one of their employees was tweeting about HoloLens um, and back in May when they had the event, so as far as I'm aware they're just doing, and there was job listings follow lens so it does seem as if considering they were originally supposed to be making mobile games and then they said you know mobile and pc and console games and now they're talking about hololens it seems that for whatever reason after they merged with soho productions there was a bunch of sort of layoffs between sort of the two of them uh some founders left and formed their own independent studio um i, I just think they're on, on hololens quite what they're doing on hololens 
for now, I'd probably suggest there is some some of the sort of tech demos and enterprise apps that they're doing. I don't know whether or not they'll eventually come back to games. I, I couldn't tell you to be honest. I don't really I don't really know what they're doing sort of the sort of Hololens teams that they've got specifically. So it seems that they're definitely not. On, they don't appear to be making video games anymore though. Anyway, because otherwise it's been what three and a half years for mobile games. Yeah, and that doesn't sound no but cheap. microsoft has to develop you know they're microsoft is not just xbox they develop for pc for windows phone for i ios for android like they i hate to say not all their studios are going to be xbox centric studios no you know? but they you know they were originally announced as you know we're going to make mobile games and it doesn't no, no, take yeah. three and a half years to make mobile games. I think something's no, all. obviously happened. And, you know, if that's what they want to do with them, then that's... You no, know. that's what they're going to do. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. But, yeah, I just, like, people will always go, oh, Microsoft owns that studio. Why aren't they making Xbox games? It's like, well, the Microsoft's bigger well, than Xbox. that's because they want to like, compare it to Sony. And Sony, all Sony has is one platform right now. That's what yeah. they support. Well, I mean, Sony does do. many things, but they're... Like for development, like the for their the game PS4. development, it's it's the PS4. It's not. I mean, they don't even develop for the Vita anymore. They do PS4. And I think do does Sony develop any uh, cell phone apps? I don't even think they do that. Like not they're, a they're very not a PlayStation anyway. Yeah. And with there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you know they concentrate on their console market. Well, Microsoft has a, they a have broader an entire ecosystem you get... agenda. Yeah, and it's but, because there was a what was it the interview the other week and like Microsoft came out and said Sony's not even in our top ten competitors like they're not. Yes, we compete with them in consoles. They're our direct competitor, but as a company, they're not even in our top ten. Like they're we're more worried about Google and Apple and like Amazon with servers and like they they're not worried about the console war and people they just want to have a presence in the living room and they want to do really well which they are doing well. they're doing better than they did on the 360 generation so and that's what all this like hubbub about them changing their sales numbers by not reporting sales and how they're categorizing and looking at video games from now on is going to be on xbox live and user experience and not like console sales because they're their company's not reliant on console sales for them to make a profit unlike sony sony has to sell the ps4 and make a profit for them to keep going microsoft xbox could completely you know go into the gutter and trash and it wouldn't even like the red ring of death well let's just no no but honestly the red ring of death they've already said it like when the red ring of death happened it had zero impact on microsoft stock price like it doesn't matter and that was a $3 billion instant loss for them. Zero impact on their stock. It's, it's whatever. It's it's a weird... And that doesn't mean it's not important to them. Sasha Nadella has put a lot of uh, presence and uh, support behind the Xbox division. It's just they're a very big company that, has, that does a lot of different things. Anything else before we move on? And, I was going to say uh, something, but then he interrupted me. I can't remember now. That's cool. I'm glad I did it so that we can move on. Old No Bones asks, it is time. It is time to start the campaign for Crimson Skies reboot. 
I don't know who will make it, but we must make our voices heard. Tim has a crap ton of followers. We should get dozens making hundreds of people to bug our leader, Phil, and make it. Phil about making this game. Let's do this. Also, does Halo 5 have the best shooting mechanics of any first-person shooter? At least on consoles, right? I literally can't think of a better playing shooter. While I think maps could be better, this game impresses me immensely in how it plays and feels. If you could have one original Xbox game remade or rebooted that hasn't yet been announced or remade, what would it be? Hint, the answer is Crimson Skies. Look, oh no bones, I'll tell you right off the bat. It's Crimson Skies for me, without a doubt. The answer is actually uh, my assault, but yeah. Steve? Um, I'd like to see them do Conquer again. But I'd, I don't know if they need to do it for a third time. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I like Crimson Skies and some of the Mac games. See if they can bring them to sort of a modern standard. Yeah. No, but I think I, I went back and I played Crimson Skies not too long ago, and I really do think it holds up mechanically. I think it's still fun to play. It's definitely not hold up graphically, though. No. It's pretty, like, it, it, you, you could tell that's an original Xbox game. You'd be like, wow, yeah, yeah. That looks a lot better in my head than what the graphics on screen are. Yeah, I think, to be fair, some of their Xbox games in general held up quite well. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I personally, you know, you look at the news or coat of paint they gave Halo Combat Evolved and Halo 2, and to be fair, mechanically, I think those games are. You know, I think they they still hold up. And if you know, I played Fable Anniversary. Was it last year? And I mean, you know, okay, it's a little sort of um, uh, clunky, but you know, I wouldn't have said it. I wouldn't have said it felt bad. You know, okay, you know, probably was ten years old, but you know, so I think a lot a lot of the stuff that they made has held has held up quite well. So it doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. I wonder how brute force holds up. Oh my god, it's probably awful. <laughs> It wasn't good when it came out. It's probably more awful. But uh, let's see. Is Halo 5 the best shooting mechanics in any first-person shooter? I mean, I think it's all preference. I prefer Halo's mechanics over uh, COD. I really do. Um, and I like, I like arena shooters. I like shooting from the hip. I think that feels better than... The like the aiming down sights, like if you if you zoom in, you get better, you know, a tighter shot. I I don't like that at all, but some people love that. I think I think it's all preference, really. Right. But yeah, to me, Halo Five is. I love those shooting mechanics. It's a shitload of fun. It does feel good, and it's the sort of thing that not just the shooting mechanics, like generally how you control the player. Like sometimes I'll be playing. I played Call of Duty and, and, and other games, and it's like I'll want to jump and jetpack, and then I'll want to sort of ground pound and do these other things. And I think, generally speaking, the entire thing just feels great. So, yeah, I think it, for me, it, it probably is among the top shooters at the moment, definitely. I think the I think what puts Halo over the top, like it's gun, it's always had fan. Oh, I said I think Halo Four really got the uh, guns, the shooting, and everything down good, and Halo Five improves on that. But I think what makes it really great is how they did the mobility. 
And I think mm-hmm. the mobility in five is probably the best mobility I've felt in a first-person shooter. Because it's not over the top. It's not Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, where you can run across the entire map in 30 seconds. But it's also it's it also allows you to dodge and allows you to it's it's good you know it it finds the group the right balance I think. All right, well, Old Bones also writes and says I like the idea of an upgraded Xbox One. One thing that happens every gen is that we start at square one on both the hardware and software side of things. New OS, new box, new games, etc. This gen has something that others didn't. The operating system is essentially a chopped down version of Windows 10. It is a common x86 platform and all games for the foreseeable future will be built with the brand new API DirectX 12. This console is literally a PC without uh, the glut and fully featured Windows 10 OS because gamers don't need all those things on their TV. There's no reason for them to start from square one yet again right now. Just release a more powerful console that will run games better and that new games can push further. This shouldn't be hard with DirectX 12s or DirectX 12. You can't. You aren't going to fragment the community. Gamers and Xbox One. Gamers with Xbox One are the just going to have the same games at lower settings. I would love to trade my console in and upgrade. That this prevents a need for back and pat in the future. You and you all have the same games available. It's not too different than upgrading PC. But you still have an easy cloud console system, which many people still appreciate. The enhanced Xbox One and PS4 idea isn't a problem in my view. Uh, on the bones, I like your idea. Uh, like having more of a PC kind of focused system would be really cool. Uh, where it would, like, if we had an all digital future, and let's say the Xbox Four or whatever you want to call it comes out, and it's you're just able to. Like, have all your Xbox One games just load and play perfectly. That'd be amazing. Hey, stop. Nope, nope, no barking. Nope, we don't want to hear that. Uh, but the problem is, is these games are still being developed for the actual, uh, for the hardware itself. So they are doing optimizations specifically for that hardware, which I don't see why they couldn't put that on the disc if they have two versions, like two different settings if you will, uh, and just double up the the texture pack, depending on which system it's on. But it would add a layer of complexity to these games. Uh, It'd be an interesting way of going. I just don't... You're going to... I think... Well, you're going to face two problems here. One, you're going to piss off the community that already just bought these consoles, and now you're selling one that plays the game better. And the second thing you're going to do is you are going to create uh, you are actually going to create a a, um, a fragmentation of your market. Because the thing is, is when you design these games, you design for what's available on the console. And when you start adding onto the specs, let's say you add another GPU core. Let's say we go and they redo the Xbox One and all they do is they add a bunch of GPU cores and they put some GDDR5 in it. Well, now they actually have to go back and they have to redesign this game a second time and make it run on more GPU cores and make it run with uh, a new uh, RAM design. I mean, I'm not saying it would, it's like building the game from scratch, 
but you're still extending the amount of time it takes to make the game, and you're increasing the budget needed to make the game. So it's it's a tough order on both. Well, no. Well, what I think people are going to get confused with is just because something supports DirectX 12 doesn't mean that it's any like it can run anything that DirectX 12 will ever be able to run. Like the Xbox One has eight gigs of RAM in it. It has what is it? Five or six of those are available to game developers. I think it's six. It's five. Is it five? five okay, both. so five are developed for game developers. No, the PS4 is anywhere between four and five, depending on what the system is doing. It's weird. <laughs> that's the weirdest choice I've ever seen. But they, uh, it has five that's available for game developers to use. But let's say in three years, DirectX 12 is still being used, but every card has six, like the graphics card have 16 gra uh, gigs of RAM. Like that is common. And you make your game designed for that 16 gigs of GDR5. Now the Xbox One, even though it supports DirectX 12, really wouldn't be able to handle your game, even though the API is there for it. Um, and you would really have to chop that game down to work. So you're still going to have these generations no matter what. Uh, but the question is... Well, the question... Oh, would you be well, able to turn... Bottom, no, wait a second. Would you, because we're in x86 games now, and we're not dealing with PowerPC or any of this other stuff, would we be able to turn essentially Xbox games into their own platform and like as in like or do they just like it doesn't matter if it's an Xbox game it's going to run on every Xbox from now on because they all use the same core architecture and that would be outstanding if you if they were able to do that like I'd be completely down um, the problem you're going to face here it's not look you can't just Let's say we took Halo 5 and we designed an Xbox One with double the GPU. It's still going to run the same because it's only going to use what it's designed to use. It's not going to automatically just detect these more GPUs and the API is going to go all of a sudden, oh, I got more to work with. It doesn't work that way. It's only going to work with what it's been designed to work with. So everything has to be redesigned to work with what's now available. Um well, they have for the Xbox 360 emulator. They have been able to do things such as um, uh, enforce things like VSync. I think ultimately, it probably depends how these games have been developed. Also, if these games have got PC ports, I mean, perhaps it would probably depend how more, how they how they developed the game as to what you could probably do with it. I mean, not that you know Halo Six is suddenly going to turn into a 1080p 60 game, but there might be things that they're able to do depending on how they develop the game and what software solutions that they're actually using now. But, I mean, if they if they upgraded the Xbox and did like an Xbox 1.5 or whatever you want to call it, I, w I wouldn't have a problem with it. I don't... I think the problem is how you handle the transition. I mean, if they're putting games on PCs anyway, then it could just be a case of... I mean, is it really that different for developers to make... It'd be like it just be like a, a regular multi-platform game, you know. As long as you don't have a, a fairly awful SDK, I don't think it would be from a development point of view. I don't think it would be a huge problem because you have to you have to consider that with PCs as it is. It's just you know uh, sort of a more fixed configuration. 
And we haven't even gotten to we haven't even gotten into discussing if they were to actually do this, they would have to create new manufacturing processes. They would need they would need factories to build the separate version with a new die cast. They'd have to develop this new GPU. It's not just as simple as let's just add. There's a lot involved in it. But presumably that would come with somewhat of a you know, they wouldn't keep making the same amount of Xbox Ones at the same time. So you would get, like with the 360, there's been a transition. You would just have a very similar transitions to what you've had now. I don't. I think of all the things sort of stopping them, sort of manufacturing the boxes wouldn't be specifically the the problem because that you know they are making 360s still. They are making Xbox yeah. Ones. Like I think the the, the problem I comes th- in. I think because eight. Using x86 is going to solve a lot of these issues. It really does. And making a, I I hate to call it an emulator, but making an API so that, let's say on the Xbox 4, that when you play an Xbox One game, it goes, oh, I can easily replicate every single thing that the Xbox One was doing because I got all the same stuff in it because it's x86. They don't have to worry about, oh, I don't do, you know, I don't do, like, uh, I can't even think of a task right now. Fucking bust. Uh, but you know, it wouldn't have an issue. It, 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 the actual silicon would be there to run everything the Xbox One does. But let's say if Microsoft goes from AMD to Intel next generation, let's say they go an NVIDIA chip uh, and an Intel processor, they would like these X, but even though it's all x86 and they're still running mostly on DirectX 12, you would still have kind of a, this, the, the Xbox itself, the Xbox 4 would have to go, okay, how do I do the exact same thing, but on two different chips instead of having everything on one chip? And you would have kind of those little hurdles over. And it'd be cool to see, uh, but I just don't know. I just don't know if they'll end up doing it and turning it into a platform. So essentially, what we would like to see is essentially the Steam OS box, but for Xbox, where it doesn't matter what machine you have, you're in the Xbox platform, and it's just running. So essentially, you have a Windows 10 machine that's just playing PC games, but it's all catered through the Microsoft Xbox store, and it uses Xbox remotes. And like they would still own the ecosystem, but instead of being the xbox one platform for this generation you would just be on the xbox platform and the system wouldn't matter and it would just scale to the system you have and eventually the games just wouldn't support your system so you wouldn't you would get you would essentially get rid of generations see i i don't see them as yet entering like for the next console into something that's more regular upgrades. I think they'll be, even if they were to, if they upgraded the specs of the Xbox One, it would be because they want to extend the generation rather than replace it. I mean, I I don't see them, even if they waited four or five years to do that, they would then presumably do that with the idea that you'd wait four or five years to the next one. So I think it would, I still think that for for the foreseeable future, it's going to be, you know, this is your Xbox console, these are expects and you wait for that but obviously you know i just think that they'll be on pc as well and that will give the more sort of flexible sort of steam box thing if if that's kind of what people want yeah like 
bottom line, Microsoft does not want to, like, as far as the computer stuff, Microsoft does not want to be the company that builds this stuff. Like, they want to create yeah. the stuff, and they want other companies to build this. So they don't want to... No, but I could see them doing, like I said, it'd be the Xbox platform, and then, like, Alienware would make an Xbox console, and, like, you would have, it would just be like how Steam is, the Steam OS thing's rolling out. Where you have different manufacturers making it, and then you would just have a core OS that Microsoft specifically makes with Xbox games and Xbox. You know, you would get all the Xbox stuff, but they would take care of everything. Well, honestly, else. they should make their own version. What you're saying is they should make their own version of Steam OS, where using it's Windows free. Yeah, you just you boot it on whatever console you want it to be, the console in your living room, and you can run all the games. You get some Windows 10 features. You get all the Xbox but it's, ports. But it's essentially like a, a PC dedicated to, to Xbox, yeah. to the platform. No, see, was... I, I don't see them... They could just use that as, as But that PC. would be a way to get out of the console well, war. The, the you know, it would be literally is... them bowing out of the console war and saying, hey, we're going to do Xbox everything. But we're not going to do... The reason he's saying that is because they'll never give consoles. away Windows 10 for free forever. Like this way, yeah. they could actually, they could actually give away an operating system to run for your games, but you wouldn't have to pay for it ever, and that would help out. I mean, they're not filling the burn right now because, like, I mean, Steam OS right now is like 0.5 percent or 0.2 percent of Steam's software. Like, they're not filling the reason yeah. to do it right now, so. <laughs> Alright, well, I'm sorry. Steve, you can have the last word and then we got to move on. I was just going to say that I think having like an Xbox that, you know, as you said, like Alienware and I suppose you could have like Lenovo and everyone making Mm -hmm. on top of a sort of an an Xbox version, sort of the Windows 10 thing, I just think it would it would be too much of a splitting up of, of what they're trying to do, which is the reason why I just think that they'll have two, they'll have PCs which will have that, but it'll just be Windows 10 and there'll be the Xbox store on it. And then there'll just be a very specific other Xbox console for the people that want it. And Phil's talked about, about choices. And I think that having those two differentiating things is, is quite important to their plan rather than sort of going, because also I think that the prices of those other products would probably go away from the sort of ease of just having this console, one console box that they just make themselves. Yeah. Alright. Alright. Uh, hi guys, what type of Halo games beside Halo Wars would you like to see fill in before Halo 6 releases in 2018-19? I was thinking of a third-person action game like Batman GTA that follows a more grounded story dealing with the conflict within the community rather than the intergalactic epic sci-fi of the main games. Also, what do you think Microsoft will show at the BGAs, but both ReCore and Sea of Thieves are not going to be there based on what both Aaron and Phil have said regarding information on these those titles. So, uh, a Halo game that's not an RTS and it's not... Uh, I think... A Halo Cooking Mama like game. That's what I'm gonna go for. Like I just learned to cook with Cortana or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, like if I was gonna, if I wanted any Halo game that's not, it'd probably be a spinoff. It'd have to be a first-person shooter, man. I'm sorry. It could be a spinoff, but it'd have to be a first-person shooter. Um, and I would want them to do the Fall of Reach, the book, but in game form. 
No, I want to change. Uh, I want to change my answer from Cooking Mama to. Uh, I want a Halo Telltale game that we find out what happens to Benjamin Jero. Benjamin Jero game. Yeah, like literally with. I can't. I can't say it because it spoils. Uh, Hunt the Truth, but the ending of Hunt the Truth, where with what we find out what happens to Benjamin, I want it to pick up right there. Or maybe you could do it before. I don't know. Like you'd have to somehow I think the real tell that story. Is we're not going to get another Halo spinoff. <laughs> already no, no. Halo but Wars like, if, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see a Telltale version of like the Benjamin Jero stuff. Like I think that'd be, it'd be interesting. It'd be very story centric, and you wouldn't have people bitch that it's not a shooter because it's a Telltale game. Yeah, Steve. I've always wanted them to do an RPG. I don't know if, like, so, I mean, you could make it a bit like Mass Effect if you wanted it to. Like, I think the op- opportunity, the the opportunity within the universe is certainly there. Like a prequel. Yeah, well, you know, whichever. Like before Reach, like just like something totally like you hear about these aliens, but you haven't seen them yet, like RPG kind of thing. Or... Yeah, or even if you wanted to do something, you know, kind of set in the middle or. So before the next game, you could do something. You could go on different halos and stuff. I mean, you know, whatever, you know, sort of suits their imagination, I guess. But, you know, yeah, that's always something I've always been quite interested in. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and move along to Prophecy. He wrote in, he said, Hey, fellas, Just Cause 3 is going to be 900p on Xbox One. Why do you think Microsoft has been able to release titles that are 1080p, but third-party titles can't seem to reach what they release games on Xbox One? Do you care about resolution? Do you think Microsoft will push developers to release 1080p games on the Xbox? And I personally don't care about resolution, but I'm curious to the reason this happens. What are your thoughts on Microsoft's new way of reporting sales numbers? They are announcing Xbox Live numbers instead of consoles sold. And one week, Halo 5 sold $400 million in games, software, and hardware. I think it's smart for Microsoft to report these numbers this way. They seem to be trying to change the conversation of them being behind PS4 and console sales. Lastly, off-topic, what are each of your favorite movies you've seen and look forward to in 2015? Or all-time? Thanks, Xbox peeps. Uh, without a doubt, this year The Martian was absolutely fantastic, and if you haven't seen it, you should go watch that movie. I agree with like, that. By the way, The Martian is fantastic. Great. Yeah, and it's probably I don't. There's not like another movie I really want to see this year. Star Wars. Oh, Jurassic World uh, as well. That was good. Yeah. Although I did prefer. Well, more I, the second I forgot time. about Star Wars. I'm high. Okay, so yeah, Star Wars. It's that's what I'm looking forward to. Very generic answers, but yeah, that's. <laughs> No, but the Martian was fucking great. No, I mean with Star Wars. But yeah, I mean, like, we're we're not special-ass movies here. (laughs) Just the generic stuff. Star Wars and Martian. What was the other question? Okay, so what are your thoughts on Microsoft's new way of reporting sales numbers? We kind of touched on this. Uh, I think it's all right. It just depends. We have to see what they're going to do with the platform. I I think it's too soon. Uh, I think them not reporting numbers is good for their stock, so people can't literally Honestly, talk about they, it, and they they move the conversation on to games. And as long as they keep talking about games, 
I'm happy. Once they start like letting go of games, and then it's going to be more like, uh, Steve, we need to like talk about this and bring this shit up, because what the fuck's happening? But as of right now, the lineup this year was fucking amazing. The lineup next year is even better. I don't have a problem. Like, I don't care. As long as I get the games I want to play on the platform and with all the features that I want to play it with that Xbox allows me to do, I'm happy. Like, I sold my PS4 last week, and I don't regret it at all. Like, I have been nothing but happy with this new Elite console. But, and you know what? It it doesn't matter if um, PS4 sells 200 million consoles and Microsoft sells 80 million at the end of this generation. As long as they both do good, then Microsoft third parties will develop for Xbox. Uh, they will develop, you know, the games will come, and Microsoft has done nothing but support gamers and given us games. So as of right now, I don't care if I know the exact amount of Xboxes on shelf or not. As long as they're selling enough and they're happy to keep producing me games, I'm happy with that. And most other people don't realize, now that they don't have to report numbers, that doesn't become a, that become, it, it makes sure that it's not a measurement for success for Xbox even internally. So let's say if they sold like 20 million Xbox Ones, and that was it, but they had 20 million active Xbox Live Gold subscriptions because every single one was doing fantastic. They don't have to report the number sold, but then they could say, hey, we have an awesome revenue stream, and it doesn't turn into, well, Sony sold 100 million, so we need to catch the Xbox division so it's not making a profit. Like, they don't have to have that conversation. They can just go, hey, our subscription numbers are up a high. We're making a huge margin on all the games we sell. It's a profitable business. And they they can get out of certain conversations. Because their core, Microsoft's core business, guess what? It's not Xbox. It has nothing to do with Xbox. But as long as I get the games I want and it, it's a healthy ecosystem for them to be in, I'm happy with that. I mean, Windows how do y'all Phone feel? is a pure example of why Xbox is not going away anytime soon. I mean, it they don't care. It's not about. It shows that they they will actually support these devices, and it doesn't matter uh, if they're selling if they're the best in the market or if they're selling gigantic amounts. It, it, they're going to continue supporting it, and Xbox is in a way better position than Windows Phone, so I would not worry about it whatsoever. And as um, as far as reporting sales numbers, they've never reported sales numbers. They went from not support reporting sales numbers to still not reporting sales numbers. All they ever reported were the combined SIP numbers for the 360 and Xbox One, and that was it. Um, so, I mean... It's not it's well. They're not, not going to. It's not. It's, I think what they're getting at is the reports at the end of the financial year. They would have to legally to report uh, consoles sold because it's part of how they did their business. But now that they've restructured, they're not even going to report it there either. Like it's all hidden. Yeah. Because they're not aiming to like the the core business isn't for the Xbox division isn't about selling consoles because of how they restructured. Uh, see it. I do think it's one of those things where, you know, if they were doing PS4 numbers, they'd be shouting them from the rooftops. And they would, and they would be right to do it. I mean, I'm not saying that Xbox is doing badly but at all. they're doing better than the 360. They've done better this generation than they've ever done before selling any platform of console. 
I know, but I, I just, I think, you know, let's say that whether the Xbox One, you know, starts doing much, much sort of improved. Again, not that it's doing badly, but, you know, there's sort of room to grow. Or if the next one comes in and there's doing absolutely sort of blockbuster numbers or something, are you telling me that they were not still going to, they're not going to start talking about that? Okay, let's go back six, seven months ago. Or let's go almost a year. No, let's just go back a year ago when Xbox was outselling PS4. What 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 kind of press releases did we get? We got oh we won this month. No numbers. Yeah, but the MP. Yeah, but no but, NPD. They never gave numbers. They just said we won. No numbers. Yeah, but NPD used to give said, numbers and they we're changed up like them. So the question is, what no would they... NPD decided not to release numbers because NPD charges people for numbers, and then neither Sony nor Microsoft give numbers out. And like it's just no, we don't give numbers. Sony will come out and say, "Hey, we won this month," but they will not give you numbers. It's other people on Gaff, like people like on the inside, that go, "Oh, here's a graph, and this has the numbers on it. You can figure it out." Like nobody actually gives numbers. The number thing is all drawn by console warriors, and none of these businesses actually do it. To be very blunt about it. And we'll still get numbers at the end of the month the same way we've always got numbers because we have console warriors and somebody will put up a graph if, and say 15% over last year. If PS4 numbers right now, they would come out every month and say, we're really happy about our numbers and so on and so forth. We've sold, they we sold, uh, they would we're, we're up, we've won. And they wouldn't. Over and over again like Sony does. Because well, I don't even think Sony does. I think it's, no, it's I think about, it's console warriors that do. But it's not like, about push, you don't see the numbers. But it's not about pushing it in someone's face. You, but you look at they had this uh, this Halo PR, and they've been doing Halo PR ever since Halo Two came out and did and did lots. Like they've no problem uh, sort of posting that they've done well. What, what numbers have they posted for Halo? Other than the, yeah, we've sold four hundred million dollars worth of stuff. But they've always they've always done that. That's that's the point I'm making. I just think that you know, if the Xbox One was if the roles were reversed, I don't think they would be suddenly deciding. Actually, we're not going to show these numbers. I disagree. I think the roles reversed uh, years ago, and we still didn't get numbers. Once NPD stopped giving out the numbers for console sales to the general public, we didn't know anymore. None of these companies gave numbers out. Nobody said, "Oh, we sold exactly three hundred fifty-four thousand this month." Like, nobody does that at all anymore. Usually all we get because now is... Because businesses don't... No, businesses... The Microsoft or Sony will go, yes, we're number one this month. We sold more on NPD than anybody else. That's all we get. And that's before Microsoft changed the way they do things. And now Microsoft's just like, hey, we're going to take it a step forward. For, we're, we're not going to report this because we don't care in our financial reports because we're changing our business structure. Uh I don't think Microsoft... Yes, if Microsoft sell, This has been the best-selling Halo of all time. And that's how they're going to market it. They, they, they've given the $400 million figure, and people are upset because they're going, well, it's $400 million, including hardware. It's like, yes, hardware that came with Halo. Like, this is the first time... That's the NPD thing. cannot track... That's... No, wait. NPD cannot track copies of Halo that went with console. Microsoft can. So why is it a problem that they're counting the hardware that came the, that came with Halo? And by the way, so it would that is a copy of Halo that's being played that was sold. It's just you were never able to get that information because NPD wasn't able to track it. Microsoft can, 
So if they say they sold $400 million worth of Halo stuff, they sold $400 million worth of Halo stuff. It, it, it all counts. It's all part of the, the grand pile. They, they made $400 million on Halo. Good for them. I'm glad we're going to get a Halo 6. And by the way, like, they also don't report on MPD numbers. And I know, or not, they also don't report on digital sales. And I know they make up for it. They make up a number and they add it to it in some way. But it's not real. It's not based it's based on something, but Microsoft already came out and said Halo 5 is the best-selling digital game ever on the Xbox One. And that puts it at least over 30% digital sales. At least. And uh, it could be what, in terms of revenue or, or percentage no, of I'm sales? In percentage of sales. They've already come out and said that it's the, it is the highest-selling digital game on Xbox One ever. Uh, I think Without 30% a is a bit high. No, other digital games. I don't on think Xbox it is. Well, thirty percent. Well, two K turned around this week and said that digital sales represent twenty percent of revenue, which and is that's a which, bad. That's not like I would never trust EA or two K's numbers because they release sports games that regularly are bought physically. I mean, it's not. That's going to skew their numbers. I, I don't look. I if Halo Five to me is the sort of thing that you know if you're going to have standout titles that sell better digitally, I think those are the sorts of games that are going to push them. But I I don't see it. But we're talking, you know, because if you've got if twenty percent of revenue, you're looking at an actual lower number of percentages because they make more money. So you're looking at what twelve, fifteen percent. I can't see. Hey, I don't think Halo Five would have doubled that. Yeah, I think I'm, that's I'm I think that's too high. Revenue. I'm talking about actual Yeah, but I'm but no, but I'm talking about percentages. So 20% of revenue is going to be 12 15% of your percentage of sales. I don't see Halo doubling that. Like I think that's I think that's too high. I think it's obviously done great digitally. But I don't think it's I don't think the attach rate is is as high as that. I think it's I think it's lower. All right, well, we're no, going to move I'm, on to the last part I'm of this sorry. question. It's, it's just cause 3 is going to be 900p on Xbox One. Does that matter to you guys? Does no. it matter? No, not particularly. Uh, not, do you think Microsoft's nice. going to force... Uh, do you think Microsoft's going to force these developers to make 1080p games? No, they never have. No, well. although... They've already said they were Blizzard but, did seem yeah. to suggest that Diablo 3 going to 1080p was Microsoft's idea, and then there were frame rate drops, and they were like, well... They were the ones that wanted it to be 1080p, uh, but I but I think if they were trying to force it, then you wouldn't have had something like Sunset Overdrive be 900p. Halo wouldn't be like it is. There's a difference between forcing and helping a developer get it to 1080p. But their point of view was, well, yeah, but the way that the Blizzard said it made it seem like Microsoft were like, yeah, let's get this to 1080p, and then there was frame rate drops, which didn't happen before, and and they kind of made it seem like it was Microsoft's idea to do it. But as the person who played Diablo three on Xbox, the it, I'm not saying what you're saying is bullshit, because the Digital Foundry, the 900p version had more frame drops than the 1080p version that came after that it launched final with. The 900p version actually dropped frames more, if I remember correctly. The I think, 1080p version was actually rock solid. I think the people that actually look at the the Xbox, like if Microsoft sees your game because they see your game before it launches, and they say they can with just a little bit more work, yes, they're going to help push you to get a 1080p game. 
because they're going to want the game to run as the highest resolution and the best uh, at the best quality possible. They're going to push for that every single time. And ultimately, but like certain games will the... never reach that. Like Sunset Overdrive is not going to be a 1080p game on Xbox. There's too much going on. It wasn't worth the sacrifice. The same reason Uncharted's multiplayer is not going to be 1080p in the multiplayer. It's just you look at the sacrifices and you look at the quality. 900p looks great. You just go with 900p. But I'm really hoping that this dynamic resolution thing becomes a big staple because we've seen a couple games do it now. And Halo 5, like, it didn't bother me. It looked amazing. I, I'd rather have the frame rate stay high the whole time than even if it was 30 frames per second and they just had an adjustable resolution. I would be down for that. I think that's a great way to approach a problem. Uh, by just a, like, hey, if one frame out of the 30 that I get is going to be uh, 900p, then the rest were 1080p just to keep everything up, you you have me sold. I'm good with that. I don't have an issue. Uh, I'd rather have that than some game that jumps from 60 to 45, back to 50 to 45 to 60, because that's noticeable. Like, you really feel that in a game. But if we can just move to a new way of doing things where, hey, you know, it might not be 1080p all the time, but, you know, sometimes it will be. Sometimes we'll drop down to something in around 900p, then we'll go back up to 1080p when we can. I'm all for it. And I think that's the future of console games, honestly. It's worth noting that Call of Duty Black Ops 3 does dynamic resolution on both Xbox One and PS4. Yeah. Um, also, I've just got the Digital Foundry article for Diablo 3, and it says this. We did find it challenging to get it to 1080p on Xbox One. Uh, we did the demo at E3, and, and we dropped it to 900. And Microsoft said, this is unacceptable. You need to figure a way to get better resolution. So we worked with them directly and got the code up to 1080p. And then it said that it was a locked 60 and 900p, and it had drops in busy areas at 1080p. I mean, that's the quote that, that Blizzard is yeah. saying. Sounds so bullshit that they would say. Why would they say unacceptable, and then Sunset Overdrive? Like that just—it just doesn't make sense. No, but Microsoft has also come out multiple times and said we do not force developers to do 1080p. So uh, I can go off of two different PRs at the end of the day, and I'm going to take Microsoft's word for it. They do not force developers. Especially considering we have evidence. I mean. We only got so many games. And this isn't something that they said one random time, like in the background. Microsoft does not force developers to run it at any any specific resolution or any specific uh, frame rate. They don't do that. But, you know, we we can always do hearsay and just go, oh, you know, Blizzard said this, and then they said that, and Blizzard said Microsoft said that, and no, we're it's a dangerous path of just hearsay. All right, last email from Chaos Dasher. Hey, gents, which are you playing first, Rise of the Tomb Raider or Fallout 4? Personally, I can't wait for Rise of the Tomb Raider. Never got into Fallout. Halo multiplayer has been phenomenal. What are your thoughts on the Rex system? I find it needs some minor modifications. Would you like to join a fire team with your fine gentleman, if possible? Oh, would like to join a fire team with you, fine gentlemen, if possible. Kind regards, gentlemen. Chaos Dasher. Oh, yeah. Also, big ups to Mets this season. So proud. Chaos Dasher. Well, 
Well, we do have a fire team. It's called the Fuzzy Doom Brigade. And if you're not part of it, you should be. It's freaking amazing. And uh, I'm going to play Rise of the Tomb Raider first because that game's faster to get through. And then I'm going to kind of really jump into Fallout because that's going to be like a 200-hour game. Yeah, if I I'm not getting Fallout Day One anymore, I will get it soon. But I would do Tomb Raider first as well if that was the case, because as you said, rather than spending 200 hours on Fallout Four, then playing, I suppose it depends how long you want to play Tomb Raider Four. But you know, uh, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 hours, depending on if you want to get all of the stuff, probably makes more sense to do Tomb Raider first. But that's why I picked Tomb Raider first, and I still need to play Fallout New Vegas as well. I'm going to do Fallout 4 first, and then once I get tired of Fallout 4, I'm going to go on to Wyatt's Tomb Raider, and then it's going to be a back and forth thing. <laughs> Two great games, man. It's really, really tough. It really is tough. All right, I lied. We have one more email. I'm sorry. I apologize. Hello, I know my questions are quite silly, but here's another. Since I'm creeping up to 10,000 achievements unlocked, what game should I unlock it in? I already unlocked all the cool ones in Halo 5, so that's out from the Wicked Soul. P.S. I think Tim Dog was on into the death metal underground scene back in the day. Malevolent, Creation, Cannibal Corpse, Beyond Death, and Tourette's, and should ring some bells. Um... Maybe, Sounds like maybe I think since, without a doubt, uh, I think it's, uh, I think, I think Tim was totally into death metal. What would it do? I could see it. But, uh, no, my, uh, my recommendation would be Dead Rising 3 to kill all the, like, 20, 10,000, like, 100,000 zombies or whatever it was. That's always a fun achievement to, to do. Um, but yeah, that's the one I would recommend. Sunset Overdrive. Yeah. Sunset Overdrive has great achievements, but I'm not. I really love Dead Rising. If, if you really hate yourself, you can go after the Fortune ones. <laughs> no, no, I'm not talking about hunting. But like, if you were able to hit your ten thousandth one, and you could choose the achievement that was going to be, what would it be? Well, to me, problem, it would be the eighty-six thousand. Eighty-six thousand in. Uh, Dead Rising. Well, the problem with that one is by the time you get that, you might unlock another achievement before you get to that one. Just from the mayhem you have to do to kill 86,000 zombies. So that might screw it up. I'm just saying, if you could choose what your 10,001 would be, Jason, not that it wouldn't be an obstacle, but if you could just choose it. If you could just automatically say, fuck it, it's my 10,000th, sir. Yes. Not everything has to be answered logically. He says he's already got the achievements in Sunset Overdrive. Okay, right, you need to start a new game attack, and you need to start all over again and save Sunset Overdrive until the 100,000. Or is it 10,000? I just like how the Wicked Soul titled the email Tim Dog Truther. It's the truth. The truth. Is this the truth about Tim Dog? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for writing in. We really appreciate it. You are awesome. And you could also write in at letters at xboxuncut.com. That's letters at xboxuncut.com. 
And shockingly, we've been going on for almost an hour and a half talking letters alone. Uh, I told you, short shows are never short. They just aren't. Uh, we're not really going to get into too much news this week. Because uh, we kind of covered what I wanted to talk about. Halo said 400 million units of something. Uh, between hardware and games. I can't imagine most of that was actually... Halo consoles. I'm pretty sure that's going to actually be uh, the games themselves. Well, when they said hardware, it sounded like it included official accessories like the controllers, but not third-party stuff. So between the controllers, the hardware, and you got to bear in mind those those uh, hardware models are five hundred dollars. Yeah. So I think it's silly. That people made a big deal out of them doing that, but if it was a Sony game and like Bloodborne sold a bunch of PS4 Bloodborne bundles, then they wouldn't have a problem with it. But since it's Halo and it's a Microsoft game, then all of a sudden we can't. Well, they're counting consoles. It's like I thought you guys like to count consoles. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's a fair point, but I will say to be fair that they've never included hardware in it b- before. That they've specified, so I don't think it, it. It's just like I think if you look at the UK sales, uh, quite what it does in America and North America, we don't know. But there's there's like a two hundred thousand shortfall between what Halo Three did and what Halo Five did, like hundred and seventy or odds between Halo Four and Five. So except it, it for just, the fact that you know. The user base on 360 was much larger when Halo 3 came out. It wasn't in UK; it was higher. Xbox One is higher. It took them. Oh no, we're talking. About, I thought you just talked about overall. This is just no, UK? not yeah, in the UK. So when Halo 3 came out, the 360 had a smaller user base than the Xbox One has now over here. Hmm. And they and they sold more. I mean, but there's lots of things you could look at as as to why. Digital I think probably. Yeah, but but even if you if you take thirty percent of that, that's an extra forty five thousand. That's still under two hundred thousand. And Halo Three sold three hundred and seventy thousand. Reach did three hundred and ninety. There's obviously been a a big drop. Hmm. It's still doing great overall throughout the world, so I wouldn't worry about Halo. I think all the all these <laughs> statistics being used, yes, it's something that should be talked about. But I think it's been taken way too fucking far just to use it to troll. Honestly. Like, I think a lot of it's what? just being used to troll. Yeah, but, and, and that, that's fair, and, and I, I agree, but, but if, you're, if you're Microsoft, and you're looking at things that are going to save a console, I, I don't think this is something that they should just turn around and say, oh, you know, this is just trolling. You know, I think that they do have no, to look at exactly can. exactly why that is. And to be fair, I think that there are multiple things that you could look at. I mean, could franchise franchise fatigue be one of them possible? Could Halo Four? You know, people didn't particularly like the multiplayer on that. I think that's possible. I think a bigger factor is the problems that they had with with the Master Chief Collection and how that because over here there was a big drop the following week when that came out word of mouth seemed to sort of you know it didn't it didn't kill it but i don't think it got the sales that it would have has had those problems not been there like i think it unquestionably would have higher been higher 
and in which case, I mean, MCC last chief collection had its its big problems, and if you're going to do that, and Assassin's Creed Unity has been exactly the same. I, I personally, I just think that that's kind of what happens when a game ships in that state, whether it was a cynical business decision or something that they didn't realise. You know, that's that that's how the market reacts. So, you know, in some ways. Uh, I don't know. I think when you go, hey, we sold 400 million copies, you know, this helped us sell 400 million of anything. I think you look at that as a good thing. Yeah, well, it, look, business well, it's obviously it's obviously made them an awful lot of money. I, I'd largely suspect that the game is, you know, well beyond, you know, it's every copy that they sell now is just just plenty just of profit. Plenty of money. But, yeah. uh, you know, if, if Halo keeps selling less than it did before, then I think that that you know that's sort of what I talked about earlier. That's something that perhaps needs to be looked into as to why and and how they try and deal with that. Well, they're going to just keep marketing it a different way and adjust it to go with uh, market expectations. And it I doesn't mean, it's help. It's the same. Wait, wait a second, Jason. It's like when people were talking about Call of Duty, and it's Call of Duty does not sell like it used to. Call of Duty used to sell like twenty five million per game. And now they're about down to 18. Does that mean we're going to cancel Call of Duty? No. Not at all. It's selling 18 million co like, copies per version on all platforms. You just keep rolling with it. Like, What you don't want to do is do Guitar Hero, which they release the game every single year, and burn it the fuck out until it's just destroyed. I think kind of Call of Duty's on that path, but it still sells like 18 million copies. They support their... Uh, their community very well and they're just going to keep selling a ton of call of duty games it's, that's never going to end like until that game really just sells like two million copies and there are long ways from being at that point I and halo's in the same boat yes not every game is going to sell in every single region 10 times what the previous game did it's just not going to happen but it did sell better than any other halo before it and it's doing fantastic but to find oh in the uk it didn't sell better than halo 3 halo's doomed like that i don't think companies have to look at it that way like yes it didn't sell as much maybe you know you you market it a different way yes it had an impact with uh the master chief collection being real fucked up when it first launched but overall it's still making them a ton of money and they're going to continue to produce halo uh, I just see, like, I see most internet trolls, like, people on the internet as pessimists. They look, oh, it didn't do as good as it used to? Well, I guess we need to cancel that or turn that. Like, we got to move on. we got to figure this out. Like, I'm, I'm just an optimist. Like, it's, you look at Halo, it did $400 million. Let's make another. Like, that's, that's good money. There's, that's good business. Let's keep doing that. Hunt the Truth, the marketing campaign was, like, it was amazing. But I guess we're never going to do that again because... It didn't continue to break sales numbers every two seconds. Like, it's just such a pessimistic way of looking at things. And I just, I, I, well, I don't like to go down that, that path. Says, are they going to sell Xbox off now? You know. Yeah. And oh, it's we're not the, saying... the Xbox One is selling better than any console they've ever sold before. It is outselling the 360 very well right now. It's doing fantastic. But it's not doing as good as PS4, so let's just kill the brand. Like we're not saying that you shouldn't criticize and that you shouldn't uh, 
look at what problems are happening and try to understand what's going on in the market. Or what we're trying to say is that a lot of people out there, they don't do it for the good of the industry. They're doing it to troll. And I know, I know you understand that, um, Steve, and I know that's not where you're coming from. It's just, you see it so damn much, you know? And it just, I guess it's just gotten on my nerves after so long. It's the reason why I pretty much do not go to, uh, I don't go to Gaff at all anymore. Hell, I found it hilarious. Well, they like, I a, don't, they I don't read right sales now. threads anymore at all. They have a thread right like, now I don't saying, care. what's the most toxic community? So, an example. I think that's fucking hilarious. Um, so, I mean, it's just, I don't know. All right, well, we're going to move on from Halo. 400 million news or whatever because it's just like the the good news turned into a bunch of pessimists turning it into shitty news that's the thing so i think is bottom line is people like, trying to turn good news into bad news and then you also have people like steve that want to understand the news better to see you know what does it actually mean and there's nothing well yeah steve you're i'm not going after yeah. you because you're just trying to see market trends yeah you're looking at it as a like a, a from an outside like a, a Outside the box approach, but that's not why people look at that number. They look at it as a, oh, it's a failure. Microsoft's not doing good. They should get out of video games. Sony's the best. Fuck everything. Like, I just, I hate the mentality. I, and I know you, that's not where you're going with it, but it's just, it's kind of why I've been like backing off from video games. Like, even, like, I don't enter those threads on Gaff anymore. I don't pay attention to it. Like, it's just, I like to play video games, have fun, and bullshit about them with y'all guys on the podcast and, you know, anywhere else. It's just, like, everybody's such a fucking pessimist now. Like, you can't, you can't say one read, good thing. Like, you can't even read, like, I will continue giving IGN shit for this. You can't even read IGN and GameSpot safely anymore. Because they gave out Halo fucking, uh... They gave out Halo uh, spoilers before the fucking game came out in articles on their front page. It's like, what the fuck, guys? Who does that? But, yeah. You know? It's insane. Mm. Alright, well, we're going to move on to, uh, I guess, like what you've been playing or something. Or we're going to move on to me talking about uh, how I sold my PS4 and my Xbox I was just going to say, were we not going to mention... I know we briefly mentioned the oh. Alan Wake stuff, but what exactly Sam said in the context of it. Oh, no, go ahead. You could, uh, like, you know it better than I, so, so go for this month in Game Informer, uh, Quantum Break is the, the cover article, and it's the first time that the press have been able to play it. You know, it's been at Paris Games Week, Brazil Games Week, Gamescom, uh, and previous E3s and stuff, but, you know, Remedy have just demoed it. So this time, you know, an outside publication got to, to play it. Um, and as part of their um, uh, coverage, the uh, the there was a one of the Game Informer guys interviewed Sam Lake, the creative director. But rather than you know have a sort of regular interview where he answers sort of long winded things, it was just hey, here's here's a hundred questions, and there were sort of one or two word answers for all of them. And one of them was you know will we ever get to play Alan Wake two? To which Sam Lake said yes with a smile on his face. So, you know, that's, I suppose that's interesting news and I suppose it, it brings up sort of the possibilities of, of when and and what sort of thing has gone on that will lead to that sort of deal. I suppose the other thing is, 
perhaps who's sort of publishing it is the more sort of important question whether it might whether it be Microsoft whether it be someone else. Don't know if you guys have got any thoughts on that. I th- I I think it's just coming. I I don't think there's much more to say on it. Like it's just Alan Wake Two is coming, and that that makes the passion for the game is there. Yeah, yeah I mean it's it, it makes sense for them to make it. They made quite a bit of money off of it, so I'm it's going to be a PC Xbox in. game, no doubt. Like straight up, that will be a PC Xbox game out of the out of the box. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the th- the thing is, given it takes Remedy so long to make games. Are they gonna? Does this mean is this instead of Quantum Break two, or is this as well as? Are they gonna get bigger, or like I think this has quite a potentially big impact on whatever it is that they're gonna do with Quantum Break. Because I, I mean, as it stands, I don't really, wouldn't have said that they were big enough to make two AAA games at the same time without taking a decade mm-hmm. each. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. So, in which case, <laughs> you know, does that mean that? After Quantum Break, they're going to go make Alan Wake 2 and then they'll go back to Quantum Break. Because the other thing is, I can't see Microsoft wanting to do that. So, yeah. you know, and also Maybe Remedy own. Working on it? I mean, do. And Remedy own Alan Wake and Microsoft. Do they? Yeah. Whereas Remedy own Alan Wake, but Microsoft own Quantum Break. And I imagine that, it, you know, if the, if the two. Microsoft would presumably prefer a Quantum Break sequel. Yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, quite what happens, I know this would probably be more uh, fun sort of thing to discuss, but I think that probably has quite big impacts on what happens with that going forwards. Yeah. Uh, Host? All right, was there any Host. other news that we wanted to go over? Uh, uh, we didn't remember. make so notes, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I can't remember what we discussed before the show because you you did ask and I did say a few things let me go and uh, oh there's the we mentioned the Fallout 4 cars in uh, Forza oh, yeah, Forza yeah I don't and, like uh, how it's not till 2016 I think that's pretty dumb <laughs> like I I just don't I don't understand that at all especially since they made a big deal out of it Yeah, it's it's weird for them to make a big deal out of it. I mean, I get, it's a huge game. People love it, so it's it's definitely uh, a surprise to see Fallout cars in it. But we'll see. Like if they announced a Fallout car pack and they were like, "Come in 2016," it's like, "All right," but they announced one car, and it's just guys, it's cool, but don't announce it this fucking early. Yeah, I mean it's quite nice. I, I do quite like these little collaborations. I think they're a nice thing for Xbox fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it shows they've obviously got the, the sort of marketing deal with it, so that's why that's happening. But yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. People will be able to get a chance to enjoy that. So let's move on to just what you've been playing. Let's talk about those games. So I've been playing 
Well, I bought the new Xbox One console, the Elite console, because I sold my PS4 and my Xbox One Day One Edition. And it, I was getting 250 each per console, so that covered the cost of the Elite console. And then I got a free controller and a free game from GameStop, which was an awesome deal. So I was able to get my older brother uh, a copy of Halo 5, and... You know, I have an extra controller sitting around. And I got a $25 gift card from GameStop because of the amount of power points or whatever, the power rewards points that I had. So I was able to, like, kind of knock all that stuff out all in one, like, swing, which was really cool. Um, but the Elite console, like, my Minecraft, like, specifically because I play Minecraft so much, uh, my world usually would lock up an Xbox for about, 30 seconds before it would start loading the world because my my file size for my save file is huge and now it like only freezes for about five seconds because it, i play minecraft so much it stays in the the hybrid drive you know in the fast part of the hybrid drive so i'm <laughs> so can you did you get like a, a hard drive option and it's like this is the hybrid stuff and this is the, how to hybrid drive is it all no. just a faster drive so what it is steve is let's say you click on fallout and that's your game of choice right and you're always playing fallout the drive will see that you use fallout those files more than any other file and it will put it in the faster partition on the drive mm -hmm. and that way it'll load quickly but let's say you haven't played Forced in a year, but you decide today you're going to play Forced. Well, it's going to load at the same speed as a regular hard drive does because it's not in the faster partition. So it only, it actually takes the files that you usually use and puts it in the fast part, in the SSD part of the hard hybrid drive, so that you get this extremely fast uh, connection. It's kind of it's almost like an artificial fast, but it's. It just does it by seeing what you use the most and uses those files in the, the fast part of the partition. Mm. But it, it, like I said, if you use a game that you haven't played installed, like I have 150 games on my hard drive installed on the external. Uh, let's say if I put one of those up there and I waited a year to play it, it's just going to be on a random part of the partition and it's not going to be in the fast section. It'll just load like if anything else was loaded. So you figure, I, I, I guarantee you Microsoft probably prioritized some parts of the hybrid drive specifically for their OS just to make that run faster. So it would always use, but you would always be using the OS anyway. So I, I'm pretty sure those files are going to be always in the, the faster part of the drive and not the slow part. But it just, yeah, it just prioritizes the files you use the most. Yeah. Oh, to us, I thought it was like a um, uh, sort of like a manual thing, but that's that's quite an interesting way of doing it. Yeah, no, it's not something you manually do. Like even you can actually buy hybrid drives for your computer; they do exist. Mm. Uh, they sell quite a few, and that's all. It, it just looks like a regular hard drive. It's just the drive figures out what files you use the most and puts them in the faster part of the drive. Mm. It has like it doesn't actually show up as a like a, a fake thing or like a separate drive. It's just you use Fallout a lot, it's going to put that into that part of the drive, and that way it loads up faster for you. Hmm. So I play Minecraft a lot. Minecraft loads up faster for me because of it. 
but it's not it's not like an astronomically it's not like I bought an SSD drive and that's all I have in it and everything's really fast because it's not uh, but it does give you a bonus on things you play regularly but that's just how you have to, to view that that system uh, so if anybody asks me it's like oh everything must be extremely quick now no matter what game you load no it's not but Grand Theft Auto lo loads marginally faster with the hybrid drive in it than it does with uh, the regular drive. But not that initial load. It has to actually move those those that game data over to the faster part of the drive. How, Which, how are you finding your Elite controller? The Elite controller is fantastic. I've uh, been using it for a while now. Uh, well, before we talk about the Elite controller, let's talk about how it's one hundred and fifty dollars, because that's what everyone else. Yeah, does. of course. <laughs> All right, so it's one hundred and fifty. It's expensive, uh, but it's an awesome controller. It has detachable all those buttons, and uh, it feels really good. Uh, I actually do like the the sixteen directional or whatever they call they're calling it D pad. Uh, I think it it feels right. It feels kind of like a the original Xbox D-pad, which feels good to me. Like, it, it just feels really good and solid. Uh, I know some people don't like it. I haven't tried... I've honestly haven't tried it in a fighting game yet. I haven't given it a shot. But, like, just as, like, something where I just moved my finger down to, like, hit down on the D-pad, I just... It feels more comfortable than the square. But I have tried the just straight solid D-pad, and that also feels extremely good. I just have just left this 16-directional uh, pad on. And, like, I have no problem. Like, I, I don't ask myself, well, why do I have this on? I just keep it on. So I'm, I personally just... think the new D-pads have become the standard one. That's how much I like it. I think it's that good. It really is. It works I can really see why well. people don't like it, though. I can't. <laughs> like, I really, I, I can't. It's extremely good. So is like, that how it is? It's more like a joystick than it is a D-pad now. What's that, Steve? So how does... Because you can switch between the regular sort of four-directional pad and the new sort of disky one. Mm -hmm. So is is it actually... Is the underlying uh, connection no. different? Nope, not at all. So, so how is... Okay, it... can you see my camera? Yes. You can see my camera. One second. I'll, I'll show you exactly. Hopefully it, it works. So it's still just a cross. Oh, okay. But it works more like a... When you actually use it on the controller, it works more like a joystick. By going... Up okay, here's here's direction. a better view for you, Steve. This is what's under the controller. Oh, I see. You usually don't see that. Yeah. So that's what you're actually hooking onto. So you still just have the cross. It's just when this... Oops, I dropped it. When this attaches which it's all magnetic, it just locks in and you still have the same, like, clicking, you know. And does it feel, and it feels much better to use that? I think both of them feel fantastic. Like, even the metal one, it just feels really good. Like, it, but I think this is more comfortable, like, when I go to put my thumb down, I'm not, like, my, my fingers aren't landing on a cross no more. They're kind of landing in a crater. So, like, you, you, you you kind of have a bowl that you're moving around. Mm. But because it's like marked and flat surfaces, 
you can feel exactly you know where you're pressing down and you get also exactly don't what you have want. to you don't have to take your finger off of the d-pad at all like you you could just leave your you could leave your thumb on and you just push it in the directions you want you don't yeah, have to, that's true you don't have to but i think the big benefit is like with the cross it's flat away all the way across with this it's actually beveled up so you can feel exactly where hitting right would be or hitting up. You're not kind of just pushing your thumb up to hit up. You actually feel the indentions of where up is. Yeah. So you get a more precise click on your controller, no matter you know where your thumb's sitting on that D-pad. I'm mm. sorry, guys. All right. Well, but yeah, the Elite controller is very... I, I like it a lot. It's mm. very awesome. Uh is it $150 worth for everybody? No. I don't I think I agree with most people. Like you don't need it. it. I think the original like Xbox One controller actually feels really good. It's a solid controller. Uh, but how I look at it is this is because it's made with stainless steel on the inside, you'll never have to worry about like the controller wearing down or going bad. So it's the one controller you could use all generation and never think about it again. Mm. Like, it's going to be a great controller the whole time. Well, like, I've been through... Like, I have Xbox One controllers where the audio just doesn't work off the bottom of it no more. Or it feels janky on the analog stick because it's just wearing... You know, wore down over time. And it just doesn't feel right anymore. While this, because it uses a ceramic disc and a metal plate, it's never going to wear down. Yeah. So, you know, it's... Yes, you're paying for it up front, but I essentially think about it like, okay, how many controllers do I normally buy in a generation because they just wear down? Oh, about three. That's sixty dollars of you know controller. That's hundred and eighty bucks. Or I can buy this one controller for one fifty, and then I should theoretically never have to buy another you know controller this whole generation. I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. um, and the because obviously the the big problem, the reason why I bought this new controller the one with the headset jack in it personally was just because the grips uh the grips wore down because i used it so often whereas like you know on that one you can just buy new grips can't you yeah and they'll fit in so so, so snap in with magnets so even if you had played you know your xbox controller so much that the grips had disappeared it rather than the case of, you know uh, is it like 20 dollars for an accessory pack or do they not sell yeah. them yet I don't think they sell them oh, yet, right. but yeah. It's when they do, cheap. when they do make them, you know, that will be something that's you know much more, you know, rather than spending sixty dollars or hundred dollars or not hundred dollars, yeah, sixty dollars, you know, for sort of multiple as you said, you could just buy one and just be like, you know, that's fine. But even with your grip, think about it. If you could essentially, like the your analog sticks, right? They go on four different ways. So I could take this, it'd be like rotating tires and turn it 90 degrees. Yeah. And I could just keep turning it as I change, like play the controller. Mm -hmm. And your grips last longer because your thumbs aren't going to be, you know, your thumb, my thumb on my left analog stick sits on the bottom left of the analog stick. But if I rotate it, you know, 90 degrees, now it's not. Now it's on a different spot and it doesn't, you know, you don't wear down your grips. Mm hmm. But these grips aren't supposed to ever wear down anyway, from supposedly from the material they made them out of. But yeah. you could technically rotate your your grips so that they last longer than they should, you know? Yeah. So that, that becomes a thing. But uh, I don't know. Like 
All I tell people Even my is... my day one controllers, the grips still are pretty decent on them. I never I never had my grips like wear down. Yeah. Mine are, they're I'll... not flat, but they're getting there. Yeah. All I would tell people is do you come home and play your Xbox like three, four hours plus every day? Do you then this controller's probably for you. Like really, it's that simple. Do you do you play the console a lot? Like to the to the point where you're wearing down controllers, then just like someone on the PC, if they do the same thing with PC gaming, should buy go out and buy themselves a, a razor mouse and a nice keyboard, you should get yourself a nice controller to play with. But if you're the guy that only comes home and plays COD for an hour a day, no, no, you don't need it. But if you're if you're like I'm gonna play, you know. Uh, a couple hundred hours of Fallout in the coming coming weeks, then yeah, this is probably the controller for you. <laughs> you know, it's mm. it's all about it. It's not. It is a better controller. It's worth the price. It just depends on whether you do you use your Xbox enough to justify it, and that's completely up to you. You know. Yeah. Trust, I, I I wasn't particularly tempted because of the cost, but now I'm starting to because I would use it sufficiently to make it worthwhile. I was I'm starting to get I'm starting to get tempted. Yeah, like I said, it's more about you would never have to buy another controller. Not oh, this is going to be the one out of the six I buy this generation because they wear down or something. Mm. And I don't wear, like, I, I, it makes me sound bad saying I wear down controllers. But, like, N64, I own multiple controllers. Some of them are third party, you know, growing up. We've worked through them. Like, you go through controllers through a generation. And if I could have started this generation with this controller, I would have. Because I know I'll go through multiple controllers. And it's nice just to know you have a, a, a controller that's not going to wear down over the course of these years. And I'll be honest, I bought the PC adapter. Uh, I bought, and I'm going to be using this controller to play Street Fighter V on my PC. And I'm going to use an Elite Xbox controller because the D-pad feels fucking amazing. Like this, everything about this controller is what you want out of controller. I think this is going to replace pretty much anything I do on PC. Like I'm going to use this controller for it. And having the PC adapter, you know, uh, why, why the fuck would I need a PlayStation when I have a PC? And an Xbox, like, I, I just don't need it. Like, I was, honestly, Steve, I was playing, uh, since we're kind of doing what you've been playing, I was playing Rocket, while I was didn't have my uh, Xbox because I sold it, uh, That those couple days, I was playing Rocket League on PC with an Elite controller. And all the button prompts were there for the Xbox version, so it's not like I was using PlayStation button prompts. Mm. Because guess what? PC, the Xbox controller is the standard. And it felt good. It felt it felt fantastic. Honestly, it it worked very well, uh, and my PC played the game extremely well. So, like all these games that would come to Sony's console but not Xbox, you could pretty much get every single one of them on PC, and they have Xbox controller support. So I'll be able to use my Elite controller on my TV and you know play the games that I want to play. Uh, and the Steam OS also natively supports Xbox controllers, so it works there. Uh, you get all the custom button mapping. You get all the like all that stuff still there, even on the PC version. So, like the it's all it's nothing but win-win for me, you know. Yeah. Now, yes, I did have to pay twenty-five for the uh, 
the PC adapter, the wireless adapter, but I could have hardwired it and I would have still been okay. But I think the PC adapter is worth it. I really do. Yeah. I don't can, know if you've coughed up the money for it yet, but I, it's I, definitely I, worth it. I had it pre-ordered. Um, and then I, I cancelled it. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because I mean I've got my I've actually got my, I've got my PS4 USB micro whatever it's called um, plugged into my PC at the moment so I've just been using that I think I, I probably will get it so I think it's worth it I really do I think you you'll like it because you you do play PC games so you'll like using your Elite controller on it yeah. and just being able to have your like having your headset running through your Xbox controller and is playing all your PC audio. So you could, theoretically, you know, you don't have to have any wires attached, not even for game audio or chat audio. It's just, it all works through the controller. And you can just sit there and chat with your friends. Mm. And it's easy as that. It's awesome. And I really do. I think it's On that topic, to we go. should say, this control, the, the wireless adapter can do eight controllers at one time on your PC. Or it can do two controllers with full stereo audio through headsets. So it's which we weren't able to figure that out right off the bat. Like no, you you have to have a. I know it supports it, but you have to. Yeah, it supports it, but you, you got to do weird things to get it to work. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's a game thing. We weren't able to get like we were watching, trying to watch YouTube at the same time, uh, with both Elite controllers hooked up to my PC, and I would have the mic but he would have audio but with no mic it was just like really weird but i I guarantee it's just a game related thing so uh but yeah it supports eight controllers on pc so i could see like uh street fighter 5 tournaments being totally pc based if they don't get the input because for whatever reason playstation has a had a bad problem with controller input lag in fighting games and it's been kind of an issue um, so I could see Street Fighter really being pushed for PC for tournaments just to make sure input lags down to nothing. Um, which, you know, I, I'm not trying to bash the PS4, but they need to figure out that. But I don't know if they will be able, because it's a Bluetooth thing, and that's going to be an issue for that console. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I like the controller. I like the wireless adapter is awesome. I know we're getting the chat pad soon. On I think the fifteenth is when it's supposed to drop. Oh, I that one I do have ordered and paid for. I completely forgot about that. Actually, I'm quite looking forward to that. I'm hoping the chat pad works on PC, and that way, if I am playing a PC game and I'm using the controller, I could use the chat pad to talk, like through uh, the messenger on the the PC game. I think that'd be really cool. And a, a great way for Microsoft to like leverage itself on the PC you know, ecosystem. Yeah. Because I I look at the like the Steam controller and it just doesn't look appealing to me. While I still want to use my Elite controller. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't look at the Steam controller as anything other than something that looks like a bit of a monstrosity. Maybe that's harsh because I, I haven't used one, but I look at it and I just think. I mean, it's probably not aimed at, at me to be perfectly honest. But it doesn't look like something that will be, you know, enjoyable to to use for me. Well, it's, I mean, most people that I've seen review it, they're not, it's definitely not becoming their controller of choice. Like, it's, it's got a use, but its use is not the same as a regular controller's use would be. This is, it's just something different. 
Honestly, I'm surprised to see the only reason this controller is even getting the light of day is because uh, Valve is making it. Because it's funny to see the PC community, which is always up everyone's ass about how keyboard and mouse is the only way to play games. But the Steam controller, oh my god, this thing's the greatest thing ever created, you know? It's. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Alright, well, Steve, what have you been playing? I I mentioned Call of Duty earlier, so I won't go on about that again. Uh, so I finished that, and I've been playing Divinity Original Sin Enhanced Edition for for review. I've got a review copy, and it's till it is a damn long game. I think um, it's you know it's like an old school sort of top down RPG, and and it was kickstarted, and it was hugely successful, and it was you know everyone said it was a great game. So they made this enhanced edition for Xbox One and PS4. Um, like I said, it's it's very old school. You know, I suppose stuff like The Witcher, sort of fantasy RPG, gives you a bit more sort of direction. Whereas this kind of leaves you to kind of you know, obviously they'll tell you what to do and, and they'll give you markers and stuff. But it, it is very old school in that sense. Um, I'm really I'm really enjoying it, but it is a bit hard work at times. Like the the UI is not very good at all. Like it's a, there's a lot more micromanaging and it's it's not particularly i find that the menu's not particularly intuitive and it, it could be a bit awkward um but you know there's there's tons of quests i do think you know as far as sort of top down isometric rpgs go i do think it looks really nice like i like i love how sharp it looks um and you know and there's you know there's sort of lots of text to read but also you know they, they've added voice overs for this one and and stuff um so I'm playing it it's really good i'm gonna finish it i need to finish it this week to get my review going so i've been playing it over a week and i'm still only just about just over halfway into the story but it's really it's it's good um i just need to need to keep going with it and uh, to us i've not the difficulty down because i to us i was getting a bit wrecked <laughs> but it's as i said it's quite good i think it's the sort of thing where perhaps you need to play it you know, then once you sort of know what to do, then you can, I don't know if it's got New Game Plus, but then you can sort of go again and, you know, sort of up the challenge and, and stuff. Unless, you know, perhaps you're just better at these things than I am. But, you know, it's it's really good. So I, I, I'm quite pleased. I'm, you know, it's, RPGs can be difficult to get into. Like I remember Dragon Age Inquisition, like the first 10 hours, I was just like, ah, no, I, I can't do this. Um and then, and then once you get into it and you get used to all the different systems and you start getting better loot and, and stuff, then obviously you get into it more. And then I was sort of similarish to The Witcher and and even Fallout 3, which I played for the first time in September. You know, once you have to get past a certain stage and then once you do, you know, I think you, you sort of get into it and you, you sort of carry on going. So that's that's mainly what i've been playing this week i've been playing a bit of halo for the achievements played a few pc games i just bought the new film manager so i've just started that out today <laughs> but I've, i don't worry I, there's nothing to say because I've, I've barely touched it um played a bit of game dev tycoon and that sort of thing but it's many many divinity and that now that i've finished call of duty and tomb raider is now till friday i'll be plowing on with divinity a week to try and finish it that's my that's my plan. Good going, yeah. man. You've been playing a lot. <laughs> yeah. Done. Alright. Well uh Jason, what have you been playing? I've been playing Tales of Two Wastelands. Now everyone's going, What the fuck is Tales of Two Wastelands? Well, 
Have you ever wanted to play Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas as the same character, back and forth, being able to travel between both wastelands? Well, you can, and that's what I'm playing, and it's fucking awesome. Um, I'm currently running a shit ton of mods, but the basic premise is, is that you start off, you start off with this mod, you gotta create a new save, but you start off and you go through the Fallout 3 intro. But the it's a Fallout New Vegas mod, so you're you're starting up Fallout New Vegas and you're playing Fallout Three, and eventually you have to you have to fight your way to the DC wasteland to get to uh, the train station, and even then it takes another hour of fighting through user created levels just to get to the actual train station, and uh, then you got to pay 500 caps to take the travel to New Vegas, and then you do the New Vegas intro. And in order to take the train back to Fallout 3, you have to fight your way back to Vegas. So it's it's not a simple bullshit uh, like, oh, I could just travel back between the wastelands. It feels very, um, it does a very good job of making it feel like it's actually part of the game rather than just thrown in. Um, so yeah, I've been having a ton of fun doing that, playing Fallout New Vegas again, playing Fallout 3, just going around collecting and exploring, so... Definitely ready for some Fallout 4. That's what I'm doing. Alright. Well, I think we're going to actually call it a show. Guys, it's two hours and ten minutes. That's our short show. Short show. Yeah. <sighs> That's our short show. Where, you sure you don't so want to get in an argument? Steve. We spent you? so much time. Like I hate, Not saying we, we love letters. But we had a lot of letters this week, so it took up a good chunk of time. Right, and I'd letter. like to thank everybody for, yeah, thank you so much for writing us at letters at xboxuncut.com. Uh, we will have our show this week on our normal time on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. We will still record then. It's just this week we had to, like, it was really weird with schedules and everything uh, to get everybody together. Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. You're awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. It's always, always good to be here. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, like, I know it's such a weird time for you. I know you had, you know, you got things going on other than, you know, but to come on Sunday and randomly do it with us, I appreciate it. Um, but we will catch everybody next week. Please write us at letters at xboxuncut.com. Thank you so much for one saint for that awesome intro. But here's our outro. Peace out, everybody.